This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead who haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson. With me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Stiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? Pretty good. It's alright. Well, it's yeah. a little bit humid, sticky. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have a good fourth? Yes. Yeah, it was, it was not bad. <laughs> we had a busy weekend, actually. The fourth was actually like my, the least busy day. We just went, uh, went to uh, my father-in-law's... Uh, house for a cookout so um nice yeah it was fun what about you ron yeah uh i hung out with uh, my cousin and his now pregnant wife which we found out about uh we i had this idea of like hey so hot ones has their own uh chicken wings uh only at walmart and i told him like you pick up hot one chicken wings and make them or make a challenge out of it because they also have like a, a little boy um and we're so we're play like games all together like my partner and i and all of them family games and winner gets to eat the fucking spicy wings but i said like you guys get that i'll make homemade mac and cheese i'll make biscuits from scratch and i'll pick up some coleslaw mm-hmm. and like they picked up fries and we just pretty much had our own like like little like fast food chicken joint essentially in their tiny kitchen and we just played a bunch of video games and then after that we went outside made s'mores made the we had the like the embers perfectly warm but there's no fire so mm-hmm. you could evenly cook the marshmallow without burning it and it was just the gooeyest most delicious s'more I've ever had then we played cornhole and then we went up and played board game it was like the greatest fucking day um nice but yeah so it was yeah, actually pretty good fun well, yeah. culinary achievements. Oh, by the way, if you're curious about the Hot Ones hot sauces, I don't know if you guys ever watched mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've seen that show. So they do the mild, the medium, and then their Apollo, which is the last dab. Uh, last dab is fucking painful. I bet. Yeah. I'd like intense. to try it just because I've seen the show. Yeah, uh, it's but... it's. I can tell you that it was so fucking bad. Like it, it didn't hit me like it hit my cousin right away. It hit me for a brief second. And I'm like, okay, no, I think this is tolerable. But as soon as I inhaled through my mouth, I just instant pain. I'm like, holy fuck, for like 10 minutes. <laughs> like, I, we, he was like drinking milk. And it, you drink milk, you leave the milk in your mouth, and you're fine. But the moment you swallow, it's just fucking oh, bad. yeah, you just moved it, yeah. Yeah, at this point, I told him, like, you know what? I don't think it went away. I just think, like, my, 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 my nerves have decided to stop sending me the sensory output. They're like, this is too much, we're done. <laughs> Like, I'll have to still look weird. into that because, and then I went in for ev- a round two. Ev- every reason. now and then, of I I just get the stupid fortitude to like, oh, I'm gonna eat something super spicy because I oh, like yeah. spicy foods now. But sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot what this one that has no flavor. It's just pain is like. Yeah, that's what that was. Yeah, just go back to it. So also, also certain Nashville hots I learned because I was mm-hmm. looking them up. And, uh, like, with a jalapeno, it's, like, 2,000 to 8,000 Skullvilles. Uh, mm-hmm. But Nashville hot ranges from 10,000 to 100,000 Skullvilles. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and uh, I once had a biscuit sandwich that uh, nobody gave any warning, but it was definitely past the 100 Skullville range because it was just instant pain the entire time. Like, well, this I, fun. I, Nashville, Nashville hot is one of my favorite styles of fried chicken. Again, with, you know, and when I make it, it's like, yeah, for one batch, we're, you know, somewhere from six to ten tablespoons of cayenne. Yeah, it's just cayenne and more cayenne and more cayenne. <laughs> yeah, and brown sugar. But again, it really like it, like that range though, like between like it really mm-hmm. does depend on how much you fucking add to it. There is no set limit. Well, and somebody that day it, chose hating it, humanity. It can also so. depend on like how old the peppers are and how long they've been sitting there on ground or yeah. whatever. But you know, yeah, there's all that all that fun stuff to yeah. dabble with and burn your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what so, I would so. say this was. Yeah. 
but no, other was for Fourth of July, we just kind of hung around, um, watched some movies, played some video games, and then the kids, you know, lit off sparklers at night, and that was about it. It was pretty low key. We didn't really go and do do much. Um, what were your Fourth uh, of July movie picks this year? Um, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I saw that myself. We, that was fun. We'll get into that one of these days. Yep. I want Ryan, we want Ryan to see it before yeah. we yeah. accidentally spoil anything. So we you saw, I watched that, and then we we I'm calling the movies because of how long they are, but we caught up on the end of Stranger Things. So <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, because you know, like you know, the second the, the the last episode's like two hours long or something like that. It's interesting that you brought that up because I like. My partner did ask, like, so what movie should we watch? I'm like, ah, fuck, it's going to have to be a Captain America film for 4th of July. Oh, and yeah. I, cho- I chose Civil War. Mm. And it's amazing, like, how much it fit the current situation, like, where Captain America, his whole motivation is, like, government does not have a right over individual's choice mm. and other thematic things. And I was like, huh, this is hitting a little weird, like... Well, given the current situation and the growing civil tensions in our own nation, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit. Also, the more I watch Civil War, I didn't like it when I first saw it, but the more I've watched Civil War, the more I've actually like, oh, this is actually a pretty good story. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. And like, I totally get get why they wrote the Avenger uh, Infinity and shit. Yeah, it's, I mean, essentially it's, um, it was like Avengers 2.5. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Honestly, I liked it better remember, than Age of Ultron. <laughs> so. I remember liking it. Um, yeah. I saw that one. <laughs> That's yeah. with me and Marvel. It's 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 spotty. It's but, very much yeah, a movie about consequences and like the importance of like the the person who should have control is you, and if something is done wrong, you have to be the one to fix it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Writing wrongs yeah. and, and so on. Yeah. But. Uh, but you know, yeah. the uh, I was gonna say, you know, like the movie that we're watching tonight, I think probably owes or uh, the Marvel films, most films nowadays would probably owe a little yeah. something to this one. Yeah, absolutely. Visually. <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah, okay. it's like, a, yeah, <laughs> kind of the birthplace of uh, where where special effects will eventually all go in cinema. Yeah. Um, well, I guess you can't say all, but yeah, pretty much all. And, uh, Tron. Yeah. Then, yeah Tron. Right, no. <laughs> that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the one we're, we're talking about tonight is 1984's The Last Starfighter. Come on, Alex! Here. Alex Rogan had a dream. You really are leaving here, aren't you? To be as far away from here as possible. You get your chance. When it comes, you gotta grab it with both hands. It started with a game. You gonna bust the record! But it wasn't just any game. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. And then, one night... Centauri's the name. We have to talk about a matter of utmost importance. Step into my office. I've seen him come and I've seen him go, but you're the best, my boy. Light years ahead of the competition. Alex didn't find his dream. Hey, look out! Oh, dear. His dream found him. Where are we? Welcome to Rylos, my boy. A world on the brink of destruction. You were recruited by the Starling to defend... To defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Of all the life forms, on all the planets, in all the galaxies... been chosen.
Alex Rogan. Alex? Alex. Is the last starfighter. who's ever imagined traveling beyond the stars. Maybe there is a starfighter left. I love you, Alex Rogan. Comes the unforgettable story of one who made it. <laughs> the Last Starfighter. But directed by Nick Castle, who, uh... A little bit of trivia about Nick Castle, yeah. if you don't know, is actually the actor who played Michael Myers in the original um, Halloween movie, because uh, he's a he was a production, um, I don't know, production assistant, but a friend of John Carpenter's and a fellow filmmaker, and somehow got talked into doing that. But yeah, went on to make quite a few uh, other movies, and I'm sure he uh, really, really loves that that's the thing he's best known for, but yeah, so it was written by Jonathan, is it? Betal? Is that how you say his name? I thought he, so. Yeah, Jonathan Betal, Lance Guest, Dan O'Hurley, Robert Preston, and uh, Catherine Mary Stewart. Um, this was a co-production between Lar- Larimar Productions and Universal Pictures, and yeah, originally released on July 13th of 1984, so it's very it's coming up on an anniversary here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had... Um, God, this is one that I'll be honest. I'd never, I'd never seen this one before, but it's one oh, I've heard really? about yeah. over and over and over again. But I'd never actually seen it. Yeah, this is one that I've seen again on the on on cable, like on like in circulation of various like whatever like movie of the month or movie of the week kind of situation. And uh, I think I always confuse it with another movie or so. I can't remember the name of the movie. Starman. <laughs> No, I never seen Starman. Uh, this I, one I confuse and it with the Flight of the Navigator often blend in my. But yeah. since I've seen them both as an adult, I don't know why because they're really not that similar. But I don't know. <laughs> but the one movie that's actually for me, I think it's like I don't know something to do with maybe the alien design. But it's it's actually the movie that we recently reviewed. Um, Enemy Mine. I was going to say Mork and Mendy. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> uh, yeah. Enemy Mine. Um, yeah. Those two get actually kind of crossed around with me for some reason. I can see I, that. I think it's because you have a human and, and a reptoid yeah. alien with a penile shape head. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess if you take it, that I, way, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that his hats are exclusively made out of latex. I'm just saying they probably should be now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. <laughs> ouch! Uh, ouch! Last Starfighter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, same kind of thing. For, I saw this as a kid, and I have some very distinct memories of some of the imagery of the movie but as of like i remember i remember the basics like it was about you know the kid was playing the guy was playing a video game and he got recruited into you know becoming a real starfighter pilot um i remember some of the like which is a really cool concept yeah yeah i remember some of the looks of the ships and some of the aliens but like scene for scene i didn't have much of a memory of what it was like and when i started watching it i remember i remembered some stuff but um, yeah, not one I'd watched many times, but I know for sure I had seen it. There were some familiar um, aspects. Well, the the character of Robert, uh, Robert Preston's character, Centauri, mm-hmm. is fun, especially because I recognized him and then had to look it up. Yeah. But, oh, it's the music yeah. man. Yeah. This was his, <laughs> and it's uh, pretty much the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is his last uh, film appearance as well. He passed away shortly after this film was made, so... I mean, interesting given that he has a character that you perceive dies. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. yeah, ends up he's not dead. So we're waiting. Yeah. We're I mean, waiting for Robert Preston to do the same thing. And uh, Dan O'Hurley, um, like I, the eyes, because he's under all that makeup, yeah. which is actually pretty good. The makeup's not terrible. No, there's some decent makeups. Um, but like his. Um, his eyes and the way he's moving his mouth and like the sound of his voice. I'm like, I know this guy. And oh. I had to look him up and oh yeah, he's from Robocop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing about that. Cause you mentioned that and I looked it up, but I actually like the shape of the face, the voice, everything, I actually thought it was uh like Richard Cena from fucking uh the Rambo movies, the Colonel. Mm-hmm. Oh. I actually thought that was the actor. 
like in so many different ways but then just just looking it up before we started the show seeing the cast and be just dumbfounded like oh that's not him at all <laughs> i remember yeah the, so today when i was watching this my first thought like just dance across the brain was like who's under that is that is that christopher Plummer? no it's the guy who reminds me of christopher Plummer. and i looked it up and dan O'Hurley. there you yeah. go <laughs> Um, so before we get too far in, let me get you a quick synopsis of this one. If you're not familiar with The Last Starfighter, after finally yes. achieving a high score on Starfighter, his favorite arcade game, everyday teenager Alex Rogan meets the game's designer, Centauri, who reveals that he's created Starfighter as a training ground for developing and recruiting actual pilots to help fight a war in space. Whisked away from the banality of his trailer park life to a distant alien planet, Alex struggles to use his video game playing skills to pilot a real ship with real lives at stake. So. Which is just, again, the co- one of the coolest premises, definitely for like a youth. Mm-hmm. Like if you're playing a game and that fantasy kicks in, like oh, what if this was a real thing and like they actually did this with this movie, it's just the coolest because okay. I did this a lot as a kid. I don't know if you guys did, but I no, did I this think, a lot as a bored kid. Yeah, I think everybody that, you oh, know, yeah. especially that played. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm not sure it happens so often, and I don't mean to go on like an old man rant here, but like, you know, early video games didn't quite have the uh, kind of full immersion that, you know, a, a modern video game yeah. does. You did have to add some imagination to the scenarios. Uh, so, yeah, I think we all kind of, and this was this was certainly based on kind of an Atari game type situation. Yep. Um, or vintage arcade games. And, yeah, I think we all had to use our <laughs> our imagination a little bit. And who didn't have that kind of, like, daydream fantasy about, like, you know. I mean, like, our parents had sticks. We had very simple uh, video game mm-hmm. graphics. Yep. With and sticks. very little story. And sticks. And sticks. And sticks. Oh, yeah. Summer was made by friend. a good stick. <laughs> you held Summer on to that was ball. also ruined by a good stick. That's true. That's true. It depends who's holding no, the daddy, stick. No, Daddy, no! Well, there's that too. Depends on who's holding the stick. But yeah, this one I, I think I, I knew now, the basic Father. plot of it more or less. Um, but yeah, I just had never seen this. But yeah, you, you mentioned Tron, Ryan. A lot of similarities with Tron. Yeah. Um, and obviously I should, a lot of similarities should... with Star Wars and everything that kind of came before it. But this is a great visual stepping stone of kind of where and very ahead of its time on where visual effects were going. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, I, so I did I, I did make the Tron reference as a jest because people were like, yeah, that's the first movie to use so much graphics. Like, not really, because actually most of that movie is special, like, uh, camera effects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And very little CG, I, I, uh, by comparison, did, I would say, to this movie. It did use them, though. uses so. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it did have it in there, but not it as much as there, this. But not this, as much as this. This shows that it was becoming more accessible yeah and affordable. this this movie uses cgi for better or worse the way that movies now use it like they you know it's yeah like, it, it's actually on a large scale they do space battles with with this you know computer graphics and yeah um like it's pretty yeah. rough i think from a modern standpoint but i i bet if you're watching this in 1984 this was a pretty cool looking movie maybe it didn't look real but it was definitely something new and cutting it. I think the suspension really of disbelief, cool. yeah. yeah. That suspension yeah. of disbelief would have would have kicked in. I mean, I go back and look at movies from 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and, you know, oh, that looked so realistic. And, well, I'll say it, and I'll die on this hill. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, it's got moments. You go back and look at <laughs> well, we were Lord talking, of the Rings where it's got moments. And I, I, I hate to bring it up because we won't go. I promise not to go on a digression, but we were talking about Star Wars prequels the other day. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's another one. There's, yeah. some, there's some points there that are pretty rough. And uh, Right. Yeah, Jabba isn't looking so great in the 97 <laughs> special edition, I'll tell you that right. much. Yeah. Though at so, the time that I watched it, yeah, yeah. I was blown away. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that probably happened here as, as well. It did. Because it's, yeah. this had not just more CGI than Tron, but the designs are more detailed. Mm-hmm. They are, there's, yeah. There's, there's more complexity, the movements are more complex. I mean, the, the Tron stuff is mostly the motorcycle race yeah. game. Yeah. Yep. Um, like a lot of know. this is still like um simple geometric shapes, but there is yeah. more elements to kind of give the idea of there's machinery functioning here. Right. Uh, for right. the most part. 
which is right. kind of cool. And those space battles, everything from the, like laser blasts and everything is is done in CG. I think the only thing that's not is explosions. Look like they were still done using green yeah. screen technology, yeah. so they actually did the explosions uh, elsewhere. But yeah, I, they're 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 three D models. I mean, they are actually designed ships that they modeled using you know. Uh-huh. computer animation software, whatever it was that was available. I know that in the end credits they do credit the Cray XMP supercomputer as being what uh, they did their rendering on, I believe. So took uh, whatever constitutes wow. a supercomputer at the time to do uh, <laughs> but um, well, yeah 32 megabyte flash drive. Yeah, um, <laughs> but right. <laughs> so. I was gonna, you know I will say uh, I ha- it's a criticism about the graphics though and it's not because of the age wealth it's it's part of that notion as we now know especially because of like the prequel Star Wars and the special editions and other such things uh, when the CG boom was very big in the 2000s not that it isn't big now but I mean like what helps sell uh, CGI is to have physical models integ- like part of the whole thing yeah. mm-hmm. And I really think that this is a movie, like, I get what they were trying to go with it, and for that, it's, like, cool. But I think the movie really would have benefited more so for using model work, because a lot of it could have still been model yeah. work. Like, the ship yeah. itself could have been model work, and you do the everything else in the CGI. Well, they, they did have um, miniatures in, in portions of this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here and there. But like it's, I, I don't it's know the, what the, it's always the lighting. It's always the light. Yeah, and I don't know what the yeah the lighting is a big part of it. Um, it. It was a while before they really got into that realistic ability for shading. Um, and even well, they use references, as, and that's what they yeah. do nowadays. Is like they actually have a physical object, and like yeah, put the object in the actual light. That's going to make right. it so much easier for us to render. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, most of these are going to in this film. They're probably designed on a basic CAD software. You know, yeah. where it's just like basic, like you said, geometrical shapes. I don't know what they had at the time for the ability to like digitize something, yeah, in, into you know, and then make it into a model, which now, of course, we can do easily. Right, um, and you can do it with your phone. But, but in in defense, like there's movies made in the late '90s that graphics were still on par of this 1984 movie i was gonna say there was a giant leap like not a whole lot of giant leaps actually between 1984 and like the mid 1990s where pretty much when they use computer generated models like this is what you got so you know in any of those movies you're i mean really up until um, i mean we're we always bring it up but i think it's the game changer is jurassic park's the one where you've seen terminator 2 yeah terminator 2 terminator 2 but that's the thing like certain like if you I think it's like if you have in, inorganic objects like yeah. robots or ships, it's easier to do, yeah. deal with it. But as soon as you get a, a, like Jurassic Park being the exception to a certain extent, but once you start getting organic life forms, especially humans, um, things get a little bit iffy. I'm looking at you, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am weird. looking at you, dead eyed. But so, yeah, like Young Sherlock Holmes was another early film in the '80s to use computer animation in a couple of scenes. You know, there were oh, it was with here the fucking there. stained glass. Yeah, that's still a really I mean, good effect. Yeah. yeah, didn't 2001 use something? Yeah, that was kind of like that. I'd have to look it up, but yeah, it's, this sounds familiar. But I'm sure it's just something small, like a detail of you know. Um, yeah. At that point, I'm not even sure what. You know what they could have technologically been doing with it, like yeah, um, might have been something at the end during the real trippy yeah maybe stuff. But um, but so, yeah, this one I mean this is so this isn't like breaking any ground necessarily, but it's showing you could do a little more with this. Yeah. Um, and for something that's so heavily you know clearly modeled with Star Wars in mind, or at least trying to cash in on the success of Star Wars. Um, you but, know, it's, you know, it's kind of cool, like Star Wars known for all of its visual effects, which mostly model work and stop motion mm-hmm. and puppetry. In this case, you know, one of the first movies to be like, yeah, well, we can start moving in a new direction with this. So, you know, and and it's on top of that, it's not like a painful movie to watch. Like there, I was as far as the characters and stuff go, they're yeah, they're likable. This is a. I was going to say, like, it has a lot of heart. 
yeah, in yeah, the yeah. story. It's yeah. like it's actually kind of enjoyable to watch these people. Yeah, like, it's cute. A very we talk about the graphics, but sci-fi, you know, yeah. 80s sci-fi. Yeah, like, yeah. It's um, but it, yeah, it's well paced. The characters are interesting. It's yeah. got a cool like yeah, like you said, it's got a lot of heart to it. Even the even the like um, romantic subplot they set up is is you know endearing instead of just kind of like forced into it. It's like yeah, so it's yeah. it's a good movie like all the way around. I think it's. It's well put together. The, it's not all. It, it doesn't ride on the fact of that. If, if everything was riding on this computer animation working out, then I, that it would certainly the movie would have fallen short. But it's got enough, yeah. you know, other things going on. It's a good, you know, feel good eighties sci fi movie. <laughs> you know, a yeah, little bit of, well, little bit of Star Wars in there, but yeah, I think it feels a little more like some, something Spielberg. You know, yeah. I, I think the weird part of it for me is like where it shows the most heart or like where I really enjoyed was this this B subplot with the beta Alex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I enjoyed like, that. That was good. That was just so enjoyable. Like you didn't think it would be, but it is. It's so much, especially like this because you mentioned the romance element, but it's weird to think that most of the romance actually happens between beta and um his girlfriend <laughs> and maggie, and, yeah. maggie. Yeah. and most of it is a joke about how he doesn't really understand or even want to really participate in sexual activities and how frustrated she is <laughs> and they're teenagers they're supposed to be teenagers even though he's like 24 yeah um the actor at this time but it's just like this seems a little bit real <laughs> actually <laughs> um and he's just at one point just man i don't know it's just like I think the first moment that you meet Beta Alex underneath the bed and he's arguing with the real Alex, yeah. like that's where I was like this is a buddy comedy that I need to see. <laughs> yeah, the, and and the setup for those that you know haven't seen or don't remember, since Alex is off planet being the last starfighter, the what's the the race he's working with or whatever. Yeah. The, uh, the ones where everyone has like male pattern baldness. Yeah, yeah. From the planet Rylos. I don't know what uh, Rylians yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Maybe Rylans. They uh, they send down a, a perfect robotic. Oh man, mimic. it's like my name but with an L. <laughs> Rylans. Uh, yeah. So the is that Rylans. what we are, Eric? We're the Rylans. Yeah, perhaps. So that's what Beta is. He's a robot essentially. The, yeah. <laughs> Give it time. It'll be a but thing. The, the scene when when Beta is trying to fix his own head. <laughs> I like that scene a lot. I even wrote down a note about that. Like the 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 decapitated, not really decapitated, but the yeah removed head scene. When Dismantled. He's told, yeah, yeah. It's good. And, and he's brother yelling season. at his little brother. Yeah. Go back to sleep. You're having a bad day. <laughs> this is just a bad dream. Go back to sleep. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. And you know that the, the whole beta subplot could have been you know more robotic, and it, but I'm glad they they didn't. I'm glad there's like an, an AI kind of yeah and it, thing there because it it gives it gives this this kind of character and and the actor well, Lance Gast it gives him some room to, to play around. It gave the movie yeah, he plays. It gave the movie a little comedy too. The the main plot did not have a lot of room. I guess some of the banter between Satari and and Alex is is humorous at times, but um, yeah. But it gets most of its comic relief through the beta subplot, which which works. I think that's great. It gives you the second plot I, to be following, and it's it's funny and you know. I, mean, I yeah. yeah, and it's not throwaway either. Like no, they use related, that yeah. as something to drive the plot later, and it, yeah. So it's it it's actually like the the movie overall. Like the the writing of the story is pretty tight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's it a, doesn't have a lot of huge plot holes that I could notice or before anything. Before we move away from Beta Alex, I will say it's hard to tell where they're going to go with him because the first time you fucking meet him, well, the second time technically you meet him, because the first time you meet him, he's a shadow that shocks his hand in a car. The second time is he's this weird, gasping, fucking gel eyeball thing yeah. underneath the sheets. And I'm like, where the fuck is this going to go? And I did not anticipate it going to, like, oh, romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I- my boyfriend, the the synthetic. Yeah, I thought it was going to be know. kind of a creepy, more like body snatchers type situation. Because yeah. it starts <laughs> off though, he's really awkward at first, and then um, literally gasping. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And he and he's just this gelatin thing. Yeah, and even when he first starts to like look like Alex, he he's still a little uh, stilted and awkward. By the time they really get into it, and he's kind of struggling with trying to understand, well, especially, like, human sexuality and being a teenager, trying to act like a normal teenager and stuff. Like, the the scene in the back of the truck where he, uh, you know, 
She tells him he needs to laugh <laughs> every laughter. once in a while. And, yeah, just uh, trying to be a normal kid. It's, I don't know, it's, it's funny. Um, yeah. I mean, and not only that, like, he's also, like, flat out told, like, yeah, you're supposed to be a decoy no matter what. So if somebody's trying to kill somebody, like, you're going to probably get killed, but that's the whole point of your goal. And him kind of like, oh, fuck, man. Like, it's just another Monday, yeah. you know, and then crashes and dies. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> It's like, well, it's, I think it added to it. Um, yeah, no, it's it's it was fun. The um, yeah. we talked a lot about the, uh, the the digital effects in the movie, but there is a fair amount of practical effects as well, and especially at alien makeups and um, miniatures at points. <laughs> uh, the, it's very interesting, bold, creative decisions with the alien. Yeah, I was makeup, gonna say the next say. thing I want to talk about is just, there's this uh, uh, group of kind of like hitmen that keep they keep sending down to to kill alex so both beta alex and regular alex has to deal with them at, at some point um that have an interesting makeup and then this the movie itself has kind of this almost uh cantina-esque scene when he first gets into starfighter training and we see like you know, all the pilots, a bunch of different yeah. alien races and mm-hmm. as, as starfighter yeah. pilots uh what'd you guys think of of the the makeups and some of the decisions that uh they did with the alien races um i i overall liked it but it it was again this is it was a part where it became a little derivative it kind of crossed into that territory for star wars yeah um but but then again in its defense uh, you know in a a story like this especially you know like big kind of space opera if you're going to be showing or if you want to get the point across that there's a lot of different diversity you have to show it Right. right, so I, they're kind of limited. Like Men in Black does the same thing. Star Wars, this. Um, well, Star Wars and Men in Valerian, Black, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You, you always have to have the scene where it's like, and this is how big this galaxy is. Yeah. And I think that works. It's just unfortunate there's not a lot of ways to do that without it, you know, kind of treading over <laughs> similar territory. Yeah. Well, the Star Wars Cantina for sure, because of course Men in Black didn't happen yet with this and so forth. But Star Wars, I think they just fucking set the bar in the Cantina like that. That they had so much diversity and creative diversity at that because literally they made fucking action figures of all these characters yeah. that people wanted. They did the art direction there did such a great job that any other fucking sci-fi and it's always painfully obvious when they're trying to do the same thing but they're like but we can't cop like we're trying not to copy but they took so many good ideas what do we got left and it's just like there's gonna be a squid person uh we're gonna have fucking like i said the receded hairline like the whole race is just people with gray receded hair yep Kind of like uh, and a guy who looks like a penis. And, yeah, yeah. Fully circumcised. Yes. Yeah. The only movie but, I can uh, think of that does this same kind of, you know, here's how big the universe or galaxy or whatever is um, and how much diversity that there is. And the only film that comes to mind that I can think of that did that scene without doing it this way, and I can't believe I'm giving kudos to this movie, is um, Valerian. No. Yeah. yeah, which we reviewed years ago. Which like, the whole opening sequence, Gosh, which is like how the space, out, but yeah, yeah, how the space station, the intergalactic space station, whatever, got built, how the city came to be, is yeah. through these like brief introductions, um, with contact of cultures, of coming, cultures, and yeah. that was cool. And yeah. then the rest of the movie kind of sucked, but <laughs> um, it really sucked. But I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even even Hellboy, right? Yeah, you know, the troll marketplace. Ah, here's the world of monsters. You know, the, you always got to have the reveal. So, yeah, this one does it. It's it doesn't really get very creative with it, but it's they're not alone in that. So it's not I, really a crime. Yeah, I have a confession to make. Um, and it's unrelated, but it is related to the Valerian thing. So that was part of a review. You did Fifth Element and Valerian. Mm-hmm. It was that time that we were recording Double Nights. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I did so much research for both those films. I watched them, and I found out that you guys recorded and never yeah. told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Even that though was I was before to you be were on. Yeah, that was before you were on, like, regularly. I did but not yeah. realize. Yeah. I, I probably did. You probably I, told us, but yeah. Yeah, we like, talked yeah. about it. 
Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Because I got the comic book. This is back when I really did full out for the sh- episodes, and now it's just like, oh, I should probably watch that movie we record tonight. Yeah. So it's, yeah. just, it's crazy to see what happens in three years. But when you brought we up Valerian, finally I finally brought like, you down to our standards. So. That's right. <laughs> and and added me to the Google calendar. So yeah, that too. That, too. Check. that was, We created a Google calendar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Had helped. consistent days. Um, yeah. But yeah, that could that could be chosen to whether or not to leave in this episode. But I felt like vengeance. No, there was no there was no vengeance to be had. This is just me like mention my scorn because I'm like Fifth Element's one of my favorite movies. I can't wait to re- never mind. Yeah, and I got to watch that? Valerian for a second time. Didn't need to do uh, that. No, <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> no, very uh, pretty and movie. But and that one came really highly recommended and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I saw it in theaters. I mean, Ooh, it's ouch. good in theaters. After that, you're done. It's like, eh. Well, speaking of yeah. theaters, and then kind of bringing it back to this film. Yeah. This one, I think, would have been really fun to see in the theaters. Like, I kind of feel bad that I watched well, it on a laptop in 2022. This, I think, would but have this been is really this is a cult film. Yeah. This is a film that is shown in like cult That's theaters true. and shit. Yeah. So yeah. we still have an opportunity. To that do would be this, a fun and, one to seek out because yeah. I think this, and there is like a fan base behind this. It, yeah. it is oh, considered yeah. a cult film. Yeah, I think it was. Um, uh, uh, I don't know if it was a huge hit when it came out, but it also wasn't a giant bomb. It was. Uh, um, but it, yeah, def- almost, definitely has a fan base still to this day. Yeah. Like this is a movie that um, you know people love for what I it mean, was, and yeah, I think it I damn mean, near doubled its money. Yeah. Yeah, I think it did fairly it's, well. Um, yeah. It did fairly well it's critically too. Like it was uh, always. You know, yeah, yeah. It has quite the interest in like background production wise, not just for the making of the movie, but even afterwards. Like mm-hmm. this was trying to be redone, like trying to make a sequel, trying to make like a show, trying to make reboots. Like this, this was something that people were really trying to make into more things, but like it just had this weird bad luck. And mm-hmm. I think still to this day, there's talks of there being like a reboot or a sequel or something. Mm-hmm. I th- I think it would work. I mean, it's I a think pretty so simple too. story, and I I think it would be good as a film or as a like series. a streaming. You you yeah, could use this story as a pilot of some sort for a series too. I think you could you could go into further adventures in this world. Yeah, because it would to, be great but... to see someone actually like do like a boot camp scenario like hey you just got contracted into a space war from playing an arcade game or whatever well and, and like your tiktok went viral and we need you where to we save the universe. where we leave alex at the end of this movie it's his he's been tasked with rebuilding the starfighter yeah. like the core of starfighters you know so that could be where you pick up is you know rebuilding them so. yeah but this i feel like this is a good segue to the plot element that i wanted to bring up yeah if you guys don't yeah know. absolutely go ahead Alex gets fucking gaslit by these fucking, like, rebels so... Throughout the entire fucking movie, he just gets guilt-tripped constantly oh, at yeah. every fucking turn. I don't think Alex ever actually gets to make a decision that he wants to make. No, probably not. No. Maybe the last decision, which is to ask uh, Maggie to come with him, is maybe his... And like, he, maybe his decision. Maybe. And they, even they're like, that sounds like we're doing you this favor if you agree to fucking become... Because even, like, right away he gets picked up, like, just gets carjacked, essentially. Yep. Or not carjacked. He gets... Like, yeah, it's just, like, hey, you. Uh, kidnapped hey, kid. Is, it, abducted, is yeah. it you that got the yeah. high score on... You know, I'm looking for the guy that got the high score on the Starfighter game. He's like, yeah, that's me. He's like, get in the car. And then, boom, they're gone. They're off. Like... Yeah, just takes them and like. Also, I left a double behind to potentially bane your girlfriend. Don't think about don't think about the ethical implications <laughs> behind that. Yeah. Um, and then like all these other things, you get thrown into a war. No, I don't want to do this. Oh man, you're really letting a lot of people down. You should really do that. Like literally, just gaslit the entire fucking way. Even <laughs> at the end when he wins, it's like you did an amazing job. Thank you, thank you. You should stay and actually form our army. And before he even says yes or no fucking guy who's supposed to be dead but comes back fucking uh, centauri centauri comes up he goes he says yes i'm like holy (laughs) fuck actually it was probably best that centauri should have died of course it's harold hill it's professor harold hill i mean it's like i said they it's the same character like i'm surprised he's not walking around with a carpet bag and shit yeah (laughs) but i mean even his co-pilot uh greg greg whatever yeah greg yeah yep 
Greg is like flying in the back going like, oh, that's a great plan. If only we had a last starfighter to initiate it. Yeah, he, he like guilt not. trips him. Let's the take whole you time. back to Earth. Yep. It's like, well, the plan might have worked. If only we had a starfighter. <laughs> yeah. Like, they they were shit, yeah the dude. whole thing's a guilt trip because it's it's literally not Alex's problem, you know whatsoever. Like yeah. this is not his responsibility to bear necessarily. So yeah, he's he's guilt tripped and gaslit into doing all this stuff. But yeah, and yeah then he I passes think... it on to his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, I think if they uh, were to reboot this today, they, they'd have to work out some of that shit, which is you know adding a couple of scenes of contemplation and you know mulling it over you could probably solve a a lot of those issues by escalating the threat to earth like making there be some actual stuff happening on earth then you could then you could literally say well there are people dying on earth and this is a result of this war and then that then right away it becomes a little bit more alex's problem then you could use that guilt a little bit you know (laughs) i mean gaslighting him or not at least there's some truth to like that it's not a hypothetical threat anymore Right. right. Or, I mean, they did have assassins like on the planet, yeah, but they were just after. But I know that Alex, it's also so. a classic yeah. narrative trope, especially in the fucking eighties and nineties and shit. Like how you convince a protagonist to go forth when they're unsure, unsure is to fucking just, I, I guess, like gaslight them or, or or guilt them or whatever to get them to do this, and it's like painted as like. A noble trait when actually it's like that's quite manipulative and not right at all there's yeah, better ways I mean, to convince a person look at fucking gandalf you know what a dick. <laughs> oh my god it's like god i wish this task of this ring was not thrown onto me yeah well it is yeah i'm gonna invite a shitload of people over to your house and make you entertain them there you go <laughs> venture yeah, it's gaslights Frodo and shit. Oh yeah, so like everybody. yeah, like uh, Centauri in this, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I all of them. Just well, yeah, everybody. Yeah, uh, even Grig and yeah. yeah. Everybody. Yeah, it's a bunch of guilt trips and. And honestly, like once the once the uh, people of the trailer park like find out what's going on, they kind of all start on it too. Like, yeah, you're a hero. You should go do this thing. Like, yeah. Anyway. Well, even yeah, before, sure. you're early in the movie, he wants to go out and be a kid, and literally he has to do all the fucking maintenance work of this fucking camp, uh, uh, trailer park. Yeah. Like, why? I don't think they own it. I think, I, I just... think it's, it's a bit shitty for him to be like, yeah, I think I'd rather do this than go to City College. I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, fuck you too, but no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, it's, it's a little bit of like, maybe it's genius screenwriting, actually. It sets up the, you know... That he's going to be the guy that totally is going to go get told this, that he's got to be the starfighter by all these people, and he's going to go along with it, because he's been going along with fixing all the stuff in the trailer park all along, so that's, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it uh, works out pretty well. I do know. I think that would have been a cool bit to have if like something went wrong on the ship and he was the one to fix it. But they had the navigator guy to be the one to do it, which yeah, is yeah. fine. But I mean, it would have been cool if he helped him in a moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, th- and that reminds me of one other like thing I kind of wanted to talk about real quick was the starfighter ship. I actually think that the ship it looks questionable at times and it's in its CG motion and stuff. But uh, I actually think that the the ships themselves have kind of a cool design like it's a, a cool yeah. concept kind of based on the whole like you know fighter jet there's a pilot and a navigator and uh, you know two people and um as grig is kind of over talking over you know explaining how to do all everything and kind of like you know trying to build alex up and everything i i kind of became grateful that we don't can't actually understand R2 units in the Star Wars universe because that might be yeah. kind of what that's like <laughs> if you could <laughs> just this guy, yeah. guy sitting in the back kind of talking the whole time everything's going on so but, I mean, we know that R2-D2 is a sassy little motherfucker oh, yeah. he's just dropping sass in the back like all those bleeps are just swear words <laughs> probably yeah he actually speaks perfect English these cocksuckers don't know how to fly for shit <laughs> they can't yeah. These are kids' movies. <laughs> like no one no, knows I, that this this little device that I hack into things is my penis. Yeah. Like this is normal for my culture. I think I'm gonna oh, penis go back comments for and, me tonight. Yeah, I was gonna Sorry. say I need to go back and listen to this episode and count them up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> add it at the end. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. But no, I agree. The penis, the, penis, the ship penis. design is actually really cool. Like the mechanics yeah. of how the the gunner seat moves around mm-hmm. and yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. And it also it's. 
I mean, you look at it, yeah, it has a, like, you can see the inspiration from X-Wings. You can see it's it's kind of like a bloated X-Wing. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like a TIE fighter and an X-Wing put together. But I kind of like that it goes away yeah. from the traditional, like, plain look. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's its own ship. It really does look like something out of a video game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brought, brought to life. Which, apparently, at the end of this, in theaters, there was, like, a... a Thing about how you know coming soon to an arcade near you there'll be these last starfighter mm-hmm. machine you know uh, games and it never came to be oh really um the company that was gonna make them saw an early screening and thought nah this movie sucks <laughs> and they pulled out oh no oh, um no. eventually it did end up going you know to atari, atari and yeah, stuff I like know that an atari but, game. like a star wars game i think right but that was you know 84 yeah that's around the time that home video games are starting to gain some popularity mm-hmm. and arcades are starting to see fewer and fewer people going to them. Notice this isn't an arcade. This is just a video game at the trailer park rec center. Yeah. Right. Or like the, it's an arcade the, machine, the but yeah, outside of the, yeah, whatever. It's it looks like, like a little the bar only bit of entertainment trailer park. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the only entertainment in the area. So the kid just pumps quarters into yeah, it. Yeah. He, he always gets left behind because all the cool kids go to the lake and make out with their girlfriends or whatever. And Alex is there at home. And his them. girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Not actually his thing. Sorry. <laughs> so. Um, you know who we haven't talked about, though? Who's that? The bad guys. Ah, yes. The uh, villainous race that I don't even remember what they're called, but that have. Uh, Freddy Krueger type. Yeah. Melty face. Yeah. Guys. And they're little henchmen that have, like, those weird, I don't know, like, insectoid, like, something or something. Mm. I don't know. And uh, that one little whiny fucking Ryland betrayer. Yeah. With his spiky staff. Lord, I... Uh, but father, I, I'm gonna be emperor! I can't get through it without calling him, because I always want to say Lord Zerg, but that's, you know, obviously from uh, <laughs> Toy Story, but it's Toy something Story. very similar to that. So. <laughs> Lord Zerg such a, or such something, a... like... Yeah. Such a little, excuse my language, such a little bitch man. Yeah, he's 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 <laughs> very movie. like a real Prince Philip. Yeah, yeah, very like typical rich boy. Like, Daddy, I'm I'm unhappy. I'm going to rebel and be the emperor. Like, oh, heavy like Don Junior vibes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. In the tanning booth a little too long. Right. <laughs> He's equally as bald and gray as his father, but yeah, it's just... Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, re- I, we're I still... rewriting the reboot right yeah. now. <laughs> Dad! Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're... they I don't know. They're kind of... They're very generic bad guys, but it's, it, it doesn't really... I don't know how I feel about like how they play in the story, because I know that it's like... They're there, and it's, like, cool enough elements. Because this movie's very much got that, like, low-cost sci-fi feel to it in terms of, like, its plot. Mm. And it's, like, it's it's that's design and stuff. It's sim- but it's enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. And that's where the confliction, con- like, kind of where I'm conflicted. Because it's just, like, I don't, I know I should have a harsher criticism about it. That's maybe not necessary. But I just, it's, like, I'm fine. It doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. It's like these could be more round, well rounded, but there's so much other things kind of going on that I get to enjoy, like Beta Alex, like I said, I, or, or just I watch yeah. it. I do wish Alex. we knew a little more about the bad guys because y- yeah, you think that you know uh, Zerg or whatever his name is is going to be the, um, the big bad, and he, he kind of is in a way, but you find out that he's really being manipulated by this race. What? I really should look up what they're called here, but, um, and he isn't really th- in a position to be the emperor. It's Zer, so I'm just leaving the, the the Toy Story one is Zerg. This is his. He was Zer without the G sound. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I wish he we... kind of looks like a series of unfortunate events. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Count Olaf. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yep. He looks. He's getting some heavy. Uh, oh my god! When they do the reboot, they can just recast. They can just cast him with uh, Doogie Howser himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seeing he already got it. It's like I. I still got the fucking. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Yeah. The ADD kicked really in. Really, where I was going. <laughs> I, saw a photo I wish of we them. knew a little bit more about them, and I was kind of trying to like 
in the background read the Wikipedia page to find out what they're called. But anyway, doesn't matter. The melty face guys, we'll just call them that. So they—they um, <laughs> they like look like wet bark. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they got going on there. But like Freddy Krueger vibe, definitely. Like Joe said, that's that's there. There's a, there's a combination. Brown. There's just a lot of brown. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. That's a good point. So they were, you know, playing him the whole time, and uh, he just ends up like literally just being a whiny little baby man. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? Which works because they got the curls on the side of their head. Like they, what little hair they have is like really wafty. Like, a, mm-hmm. like, like, I don't know. So it's a baby. I think about bald babies with the curly hair, I guess, when I think about this guy. Kind of a crusty the Clown look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One last thing that yeah, I thought was... Uh, <laughs> Space Olaf still kicks in my head, but yeah. yeah. One last thing that I thought was kind Darth of super Ol- cool. Darth Olaf. And um, anyway. straight out of a, a video game, especially a video game of this era, the final move called the uh, death blossom yes the, uh, the special weapon that the the starfighter has uh, was really a pretty cool sequence although it, you know obviously in the primitive cg sense but like yeah the the way that that weapon uh fired where it just kind of did a spin and kind of hit everything it's like straight out of an old like you know eight bit or 16 bit video game like <laughs> uh, it's like essentially the, button mashing yeah. Yeah, like when you yeah. like when you just lost your shit in the game and it worked. <laughs> yep. Or if you saved up enough, like whatever the bonus things was, and you earned like the special weapon, yeah. and then you could do the like, like berserk yeah. mode or whatever. Yeah, and it it, yeah. it it looked exactly like that, and it functioned exactly like that because it just like wiped everything on the screen out, and it was yeah, it was kind of cool. I think it it really fed it was, into the video game nature of of the yeah. The... It was kind of fun and funny, yeah. And for for that reason, and it's like because he's kind of played it up as like, yeah, we got this super weapon, and they don't tell he doesn't tell you what it is. So it's like we just have this prototype super weapon, and it's gonna it's just in, incredibly powerful. And when they do it, it's like, oh, it's like watching a toddler lose their shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's like when you have like your like baby brother or sister or whoever like played a video game with you, and you're like, all right, I need you to run in and fucking berserk it. <laughs> like that's what it was. But it's like that's a that's a that's that that's a term that's an endearment kind of comment, um, yeah. endearing comment I should say. But yeah. yeah. Well, that's really all I had in my notes. Uh, do you guys have any other final comments on this before we run into the grading? Um, I could jump into grading. I got one more, and it is about the female Rylands. Go for it. It is kind of conflictive to see that they got actresses that were, or that one actress. It was like you're you're way too attractive to have that headpiece on, and it's and very it's, it's the same head. It's the bald with the. It's know. the same bald head, yeah. and it's just like you're a very pretty person, and I don't pretty enough where it really deters from the weird head. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> oh, well. It's like cool. I'm not body shaming. Yeah, <laughs> discover it. a new kink every day. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm bald and beautiful, why not all? Yeah, there you go. Um, I think that was it. It was bald mainly going to be like a weird punchline. Exactly. <laughs> Two out of three guys. <laughs> We're, we should get sponsored by Hems. Anyways, yeah, let's go to Graydon. What do you think? Who wants to start it? Um, I'll start. So, again, first time viewing this one, just knowing that what it basically was about. Um, overall, I really enjoyed this one. I, it's it's um, like I said, it's not cutting edge. I don't think for its visual effects, but it's definitely um, a good touchstone as to. Uh, this is when visual effects were becoming more uh, accessible and, yeah. and probably more more cost a little bit more cost effective uh, it's a it's a fun story it plays really well as a PG film um, the the subplots aren't boring they're they're amusing you know they're a lot of fun uh, yeah some of the stuff with the politics going on gets a, a little dry but not any more than any other sci-fi movie from this era. Um, I can see how it has a cult following. I feel like I'm glad I finally got to see this one. Um, so I'm actually gonna gonna go with a B for it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this one. Cheering. I feel like uh, like there's I t- I talk so much during this whole fucking thing enough clearly 
<laughs> um, and that there's not, nothing more I can really add to what we have all said, and especially after Joe says, uh, it's 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 a movie you can really watch. I I watch like wa- haven't watched it now again, and remembering all this stuff, it's like yeah, I came out enjoying this. I do not regret watching this movie. Um, and I think, uh, I think there's like, I think it's a fair amount of people who could probably do the same with this. I think it's, it's definitely recommended. Watch this cult classic. Uh, there is something you can get out of it. I, I will argue that actually the B plots probably overshadowed the main plot for me to be, but it's Mm -hmm. really fun to watch for that. And like I said before, it's a, it's a film that surprisingly has a lot of like heart and it wears its heart on its sleeve and it's, um, I enjoy it much. I'll give it a B plus, actually. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm gonna right right there with you guys. I I really admire the ambition of this movie. Like just like going off of like, well, hey, Tron did this like little bit of computer animation into like, hey, we're gonna go and do like you know 300 pieces of computer animation in this movie and like just go for it is pretty ambitious. And you got a uh pretty pretty also like foresight sighted of them, I guess if that's a word. Um, to see that you know that's that's kind of the future of what we're going to be doing with these style of movies, and and they couldn't have been more right because it's exactly what we're using you know the technology for still to this day. Um, some of it ultimately falls flat, especially when watching it through the lens of twenty twenty two. But um, ultimately, yeah. it's it's still very watchable because the other elements of the film are strong. It didn't rely only on that. It had it like I think I said earlier, but had it only been all about the the, the effects, I think. It, I think it would have been uh, totally forgettable, but there's a lot of good stuff going on. There's a, a fairly interesting kind of um, entry into this world through the video game aspect, and um, you get the the kind of you know Star Wars esque space battles, and you get this you know funny, funny kind of lighthearted B plot going on that almost sitcom esque robot tries to have romantic relationship um, subplot and. Um, against as yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there's a lot of like good fun stuff going on. Um, I think I'm gonna land right at a B too. I found it highly enjoyable. In fact, I liked this more than I remember liking it when I saw it growing up. Yeah. So, same, I mean, same. maybe it's maybe it's just a little bit older movie than the, the age I saw it. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it a, a, a lot and um, probably more than I thought I was going to. So, yeah. I would, uh, yeah, I think it's for anybody that's nostalgic at all about, especially video game culture and vintage retro stuff, like a special effects or video games or, or whatever, or just wants to watch a, a cool kind of 80, very 80s sci fi movie, um, you know, definitely worth a watch. <laughs> yes. This is uh, definitely a good one. Um, also, I, I caught in the credits that Will Wheaton is in this movie as a young, young I saw child. that too, but I didn't. I don't remember him. I, I remember there being another little kid. I did not place it as being him until the end credits but anyway so yeah yeah same i didn't i didn't actually see him i don't remember seeing him in it. like i guess he was yeah he was uh the the little brother's friend in the very beginning of the movie uh i remember there being another little kid there for like a second but like yeah i didn't i didn't put it together that it was him but anyway yeah i don't know if it was his first appearance but yeah he's he's literally credited as the character lewis's friend so well, at least he got a credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would love to know what uh, any of our listeners think of The Last Starfighter. Uh, if you have anything to add or anything to uh, critique on the critique, we would love to hear any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms. And you can uh, direct those to the Video Junk Air Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod and on the Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook page. Uh, if you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And we'd like to invite you to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast. If you like what you hear, you have an opportunity to make a small donation to the podcast, helps us produce things, and gets you some exclusive content and or voting rights for the uh, show. And, uh, there are a couple of different tiers of membership that comes with their own perks. If it sounds like anything you're interested in, go over and check that out at Patreon. Either way, we appreciate you being here. Um, coming up on the podcast we have another couple of weeks three more weeks uh, or two more weeks of sorry not counting correctly two more weeks of audience picks to round out july and we're going to be watching and i'm not sure in what order since this this episode is totally out of the order we said on the last one uh but we will be watching in bruges 
and uh, Repo Man. And then, uh, not sure what's up after that. We need to talk about some scheduling at some point, and we'll get back to you on... Uh, but, uh, yeah, obviously there will be lots of good stuff to come on the uh, Video Junkyard Podcast. And we hope that you will join us for that. And if you've enjoyed it, we hope you will share it around on the aforementioned social media pages. And until next time, this is the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Sysko saying... What the shit?! I said back to sleep, Lewis, or I'm telling them about your Playboys. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash videojunkyardpodcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod, and on Instagram as videojunkyardpodcast, all one word. I want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>